start progressing where not everything that it, everything it runs by catches your attention, but then it brings out the big guns, you know, you know like that vague sense of you're really bad or something, you know? And then when it hooks you, if, if there's one little movement of, you know, agreement, a chum comes in the water and then you're fucking booked, and then you're seemingly your interest and attention is dragged away from here and now into yesterday, there and then. And the funny thing is, because we're so identified, yes, that we believe where we, we go with, we go, we think we went with the attention and interest. There's awareness, and you are the awareness of the, atten- of the, intention, of the attention and interest. There's awareness that never goes anywhere. Yeah, because it's everywhere. So there's no, it's not being bull, pulled into the future or pulled into the past. That's interest and attention. Your interest and attention can go with like the, like the shiny objects of thoughts, you know. It's about me. It's about me. You'll very rarely go down those, those hallways of yesterday and tomorrow unless it's something important and you, you are deemed to be very important as the idea of self, and maybe your kids or something like that. But there's not a huge amount of uh, people that would attract you to go, for your interest attention to go into what's not happening so much. It's this love affair that the mind, the mental condition has with what it's produced, or is producing the sense of self, that seems to catch it, and then you go, your interest attention goes, and then people believe they went. They, that's not so. Your interest and attention isn't you. It's an activity going on. And that activity can be, take, can be distracted. It can be focused on something. It can, it can lose interest in something. But the awareness has nothing to do with any of that. There's no losing aware, interest. In, there's no losing awareness. There's no gaining awareness. There's just awareness as the basic bottom line. And then there's consciousness and interest and attention that can be triggered, that can seem to be unconscious, that can seem to be superconscious. All of those things can seem to be added and subtracted with degrees, but awareness isn't playing that game. There's no, there's no line of, of addition and subtraction to awareness. It's not in that kind of mathematical formula. Yeah. So there's the awareness, that's our, that's our, that's not ours at all, it's the basic inherent stateless state. And then it's aware of consciousness, and it's aware of attention and interest, yeah? And, but if there's an identification with an idea, a mental idea, it can become unaware of the awareness, and now will take itself to be conscious as a body, and then wherever its interest and attention goes, it believes it went. So you'll be as, like if someone's walking down the street and it's a pretty woman and then you think you, you went there. All it was was interest and attention. You didn't go a damn, you haven't moved one inch. Yeah. <laughs> your awareness, you're like a, a prior state to everything that comes and goes that, that can be measured by degrees or shrunk down by degrees. All of that is manifestation and phenomena, but we're not that. We're appearing as it, yeah? We seem to be engaged somehow in appearance as it, but we're mistaking our interest and attention. So let's say if someone seems to go on a train of self-will, they think they were on a train of self-will. But when they come to, to the awareness, they realize that they were on a train of self-will. But the fact is, what allows you to realize the train of self-will was what's never been on the train of self-will, is the awareness. But your interest and attention got on to being the little object that got on the train of self-will and went to all the stops, yeah? But all the while, as soon as the game of being that object is given up, then you're the awareness. With no time to take to get to be the awareness, you are the awareness. You get the hit immediately, hey, I was just on this fucking train. No, you weren't. The awareness is just the awareness. As soon as it comes, as soon as it becomes obvious, you're immediately rooted with no effort or thought, and it doesn't take any time because it never has taken any time. Yeah. The attention, the interest, attention goes. You haven't gone a damn. You, 
you, you, oh, I used to be interested in this, and now I'm in, no, there was, there was just interest in that, and now there's interest in this, but what you are hasn't gone anywhere. That's the reliability of it. People are really looking for what's truly reliable. The real reliability is what's never come and never gone. Yeah. It's unnoticed because it's always here. It's not recognized because it's beyond recognition. It's never left to come back to be recognized. We can't recognize it. Yeah? It's never been absent, so we can't remember it. Because it's never gone to have a memory of it. <laughs> you can't touch the freaking thing with all the gauges. That's the good news. It disarms all the ways you want to know and quantify and qualify a thing because it's not a thing. It has no beginning and no end. There's no entrance or exit. You can't be, you know, thrown into the heaven and then cast out. It's none of that. It's beyond words, so we use words to point at what we're not, never to point at what we are because it's futile. Every pointing already dismisses it, because you would think that it's somewhere other than where you're pointing from, which is not true. So all the ways we try to get it across and try to understand it, don't, it can't be understood. It can't be understood like a chair. It can't be understood like a philosophy. It can't be understood, period. So you get exhausted by trying, or you're lucky enough to hear a freaking message like you are tonight, which can save you a lot of time. But if someone really tries hard to try to know it, try to know it, it's going to lead to the realization, I need do nothing, because everything I do is totally against any kind of approach to it. It's an approachless place. It's, a, it's not a place. You can't get a ticket for it. Yeah? It's not going to be, it's not because of your good acts that you're going to arrive there. Maybe your good acts will allow your head that believes it has to do good acts to open up to it, to open up to it. So the good acts had a, had a, a, a value, only the value you gave. You know, but if that's what's going to open the key, fucking do some good acts. And not realizing you've never done a damn thing, so let good acts happen. Yeah. All we're trying to do at all times is to convince ourselves, basically. Some of us have 30 different reasons why we're not there. So maybe you're going to have to live a life going through those 30 reasons, through practices, non-practices. Others, they haven't heard a damn thing about this message or any spirituality, so they're, right up there. they're totally available to it because they have absolutely no concepts, no baggage. There's nothing they have to put down because they never even thought about this fucking topic. They just walked into a meeting like this and they, what is this person talking about? And they didn't know where else to go. They kept coming and then they get this... They get an idea of it, and it's really, really fruitful because they don't have tons of other ideas around them. Yeah. So in a way, the greatest spiritual aspirant is one who has no interest in spirituality. They're usually more ready than everyone else who's been preparing themselves for hundreds of days or years or months. They're more open to get it because their mid isn't too big. <laughs> They don't have this huge catcher's myth that they've tried every fucking teacher and this and this and, you know, and everything gets compared to all the others. Some people have no thing to compare it to. And so they get, the, they get a, like a real traction base, you know, where the rubber meets the road base delivery of the message and it allows them to travel later. And I have a friend of mine who's it's had an effect on her like that and she's come on some tours with me and she can't believe how confusing and complex the spiritual seekers are. They make such a big deal out of it, they're driving themselves crazy, and she's just thinking about hair and, you know, shopping, and she feels much more lighter than them thinking about enlightenment and peace. Yeah. I'm not pointing to anyone in the room that could be that person. What are you talking about? Just, <laughs> But this is how it can happen. Every time you think you have it under your little... It, squirt, it, it will never fit into your understanding because it wouldn't be serving you if it did. The problem is the need to have an understanding. Not that you have the wrong one. The need to have an understanding. To always put it off where you're still relevant 
Not an abandonment to it, but an understanding of it, getting to know it. No, it's, that's not how it works. It's more of an abandonment, you know? You're letting go. And the beautiful news is you don't even have to let go because there was no one ever to hold on. You can even go prior to letting go because that's a slippery slope. Everyone, oh, I, I've had to let go. Well, that, that infers that you, that you have the power to hold on, which I don't believe you do. So let's cut out even letting go. You don't even have to surrender. Because the, what needs to be surrendered isn't the self-surrendering, but surrendering the idea of self. Yeah. The self will surrender all day. It likes a nice little, like a nice stage, like an ancient temple, you know, when it's, and it's made a big declaration. It got its hair cut, like the Temple of Los Angeles people, shaved, and then, you know, it's looking very, you know, like it's making sure someone sees its great moment of surrender, and then, oh yes, and puts it down. No, that's not it. That's self-surrendering. Yeah, self likes to be noticed. When, it's, when selfing is happening, doing something, it wants to have some witnesses. Yeah, but surrender is a whole very quiet condition. Yeah, the mind has gotten an idea so clearly, it's never ever ever disputed again. Yeah, so now it's in surrender. See, I it's happened to me. That's the only way it could come about. It was a download where there was that day drinking my last drink, and there was a sober assessment occurred, and that assessment was like a big big CNN newsflash. Just a headline, no story, and it was, I'm screwed. And that hasn't changed in 27 years. And there's been no, I haven't had a big, you know, uh, you know, round table discussion around it, or having to debate it all the time. It's just been a moot point my whole, since then. And it's like the greatest gift that's ever been given to the action figure, because it doesn't go where it doesn't need to go. It never brings the solution to where the problem resides, which is in the mental state. I don't think about the solution. That's like the worst thing to do. Not worse, but... To think about the solution is applying the problem to the solution. You'll have the solution then, but it won't translate into what you would really like to see, like knowing serenity and comprehending peace. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So we're always just talking about, hopefully, the see, to me, words cannot capture the message, but they can convey the message, see. There can be an energy that happens in the room that's a sort of like a nice little imprint on mind, and I believe all it needs is the slightest impression, and it can start entertaining yeah. It's the dilemma here is the way we're constructed, we're in a limited field of possibilities. Yeah. We hear things in only certain ways, usually based on us doing and having ourselves into something. Yeah. This is another idea that can trigger another form of entertaining, which is much more raw and virgin. It's almost like an unused aspect of mind wakes up, and now it surrounds this idea... It doesn't try to understand it or get it. It just surrounds it, almost like when you're swirling something in your mouth to get the taste. Or if you've had, I always like to eat like uh, olives because I love the pit. You know, you have the pit in the mouth after you eat the, the, the meat of the olive, and you keep sucking out the essence of the olive through the pit. For now, I do anyway. And you can use it almost like a toothpick. You get it in there and knock this plaque off the back of your teeth. It's like you can play around with it. That's what it's like. Yeah. An aspect of mind gets the message, not by understanding, it just receives an impression, and then the impression seeks to express, which is the whole, this is, the, this is like the positive negative of the picture of this dream called duality. Whatever there is an impression, it seeks expression. That's how it goes. So We're laying an impression on mind, yeah, with the hopes, and I, it's not even a hope to me, I know it's so, yeah, and then that mind entertains it, and then it expresses in a no new way. Yeah, and some of the by, the byproducts I noticed pretty quickly was my life was very exclusive. It was either this or that, very black and white. Over time, this sort of just changed all that. Everything is very inclusive now. I can do this and also that. Yeah? 
It's not like, oh, either I surf or I work. Either I practice like these people who go, like, oh, either I'm doing spiritual practices or I'm hanging out, you know, with my girlfriend or something. Like, they're two distinctly different things. But you're in both of them. You're the great equalizer to everything. Your presence is in both, in both those camps. And neither of those camps, and that's the good news. If you believe it's either or, it's, you're split. Yeah? You're split. It's like, how can you stuff two-ness into one-ness? It won't fucking fit. You're split now. But over the time, I noticed I got, it started becoming very inclusive. I could make money and also do surf every day. You know what I mean? Things started happening. And the proof was in the pudding. It was happening. And I got, I had these like strange ideas that maybe I could live this way and I've been pulling it off for 15 fucking years. I don't know how it happened. I swear to God. I mean, the government could kibosh it any minute probably. But, I mean, I just pulled off what was unimaginable to me before. Unimaginable. My head, if my head had any say, it would be berating me for the lack of doing anything. Or I would, I would be fucking frozen in, in self-flagellation about, Jesus, you, you don't do anything, you're a slacker. You don't do anything, as if that's bad. <laughs> I think it's one of the highest forms of art here, is not doing anything. Very few people can handle it. <laughs> They can't, they break. They quickly. They try it maybe in a contrived situation, but try it out here. They break. They do something, you know, fucking do something for sure. And the whole point is it's not doing nothing or something. It's the idea that you're, there is no one that's doing anything. So the, the idea of non action is doesn't mean you know there's no actions that ever happened. There's no one that was doing the action. It's the lack of identification as the actor. That's non action. Yeah? Same thing with no thought. The no thought is, you're probably not going to run into these long stretches where there's no thought, but there, the real no thought is the no thought of the one thought, which is you're the thinker. That's the no thought mind, yeah? The no thought of being the thinker, that's the no thought mind. Then the thoughts happen, but without your engagement with them, they're totally different than you could ever imagine. Thoughts are totally different than you can imagine. You've been wedded to them as being the owner of them for so long, it's a very mutated freaking relationship that's happening with your thoughts. Sometimes thoughts are necessary. And it's, it's incredible. One teacher tried to go out of his way to make things so uh, accessible, he would call it the working mind and then the psychological mind, which is the psychological mind what's critiquing you and going over everything you should have done or didn't do or whatever like that. And the working mind is, hey, where are those keys? You know? And so the thoughts go, well, I was there and there. And then you make a call and someone says, yeah, we have your keys. See, and what happens is when the working mind arises, its, its job is defined by that statement. It's while it's working. <laughs> and then when the chore is over, it recedes. Yeah. The other mind doesn't have any kind of borders like that. It just goes on and on and on. We were sharing about it on Saturday. Let's say you do a certain amount of stuff and then you're exhausted or you say, I've done enough. But when have you ever said, I've thought enough and haven't listened to you? When have you finally said, okay, I've thought enough. <laughs> it seems to, it seems to not listen to you at all. So I don't understand why you're listening to the thoughts so much. Because if they're not listening to you, what's it? This is okay. I've gone this, I've gone over this ad nauseum, <laughs> and there's, I can't I can't apply any more thought to it. I mean, and yet tons of more thought, and then it will be brought twenty years ago. You may have had something you had. You made a mistake of thinking about. You never thought about, but the thoughts went to that idea. It returns. You know, twenty years it goes back to the same thing. I guess I just didn't think enough, and more thought, and more thought, and then the big question you hope was going to give you the greatest answer: Why? Oh, why? Why is it like this? Which is the it's the booby prize of all booby prizes? Why, especially in spiritual? Why is it like the way? It's because of you. You're giving everything all the meaning it has. That's why. Oh, really? Yes. 
There's only one reality here. It's you. What? Oh, yes. You, this, this reality, under the guise of being a body, is giving tons of meaning to things. And it's giving meanings to things, and then those things bite you in your fucking physical ass. And then you wonder why. Why did it bite me? Well, you gave it the meaning. You said, that thing is so real, and if it goes awry, it could have a huge effect on me. What happens? Things go awry, and a huge effect occurs on you. So let's say you, if you notice, it's a great principle of the Course of Miracles. You and I give everything all the meaning it has. It's a great, great, unbelievable statement. If you let it sink in. Okay, so now, wittingly or unwittingly, you're giving tons of meaning to things all day. The apparatus. That's what, this is what this event is. It's a subjective experience. Yeah. So, mind is giving meaning to things through this thing. And then we're dancing with all those things based on the meanings that we're given to it. Yeah? Yeah. All right? Now, what would happen if you turned that incredible ability to give meaning to things to the one thing that isn't a thing that is the ultimate of all meaning? Could you imagine, if those two connected, that you actually started giving the meaning of being real to what's real? We can make things that aren't so from a year ago seem as relevant as, as anything else happening in this room right now. You don't see that as an incredible power the mind has? Can you imagine that that mind could, instead of just having it always going out this way, the, the, like the giant like satellite dish you turn that way, what it would pick up? What kind of downloads would occur? If your antenna was pointing this way instead of out that way all day, you were starting, and so would, instead of getting all your cues from outside, you started getting your cues, well, I'm using the example inside, there's no inside or outside, but let's just say in another non-direction, and then you would see, you would know the tree which you can never see by its fruits. You would know it by, by the living. I don't have a board where I look at last year and I have, what What would it be, 52 Saturdays of last year and I have them all rated, alright, this was a good Saturday, and then this was a bad Saturday, and I have it all rated, and you know what I mean, this was a really good Saturday, I put a big star on that one, yeah, do you know what I mean, it's all a wash, it's just gone, it's like it's, like it's never happened. The immediacy of what's happening now, even if it seems totally boring to the mental state, the immediacy of what's happening now has that one quality everything that happens and what's not happening doesn't have, which is it's happening. That one quality is worth all the imaginations, all the imaginings of all these cause, you know, catastrophic events or great events, whichever level, whatever side you go on. All of those things, the one quality that it's actually happening outweighs it all. Yeah? When your mind it becomes unencumbered by all this fucking activity called the obsession itself, it may want to be attracted to that, which is pulsating right now. And that's where the immunity to what's not happening lies. It's obviously happening in, in what's happening. That's why the mental state wants to cloud and distort what's happening by thinking about what happened and what will happen. It's trying to... It's, there's the landing field, which, is the, which we've never even taken off from, and then it, the mental state produces this cloud cover so you don't see it anymore. So you start taking a mental here to be the only here there is. And the mental here is just like a crowded airport of flights from the past and the future coming over all day. You feel anxious in that mental here. You feel contracted in the mental here. You wonder what, you don't even see what's the big deal about being in the moment. I want to get out of the moment. That's, that's the last place I want to be is in the moment. It's fucking driving me crazy. That's not the moment. It's an aberration. It's a mental here. It's a mental moment. The solution is prior to the problem. It's not after the problem. 
The freedom is prior to bondage. It's not after bondage. Yes? It's prior. In other words, the inherent state has nothing, has nothing has ever happened to the inherent state. The conditional state is open to volatility every level. Emotion, physical, circumstantial, mental, yes. But the inherent state is untouched by all the activity. There is no point where we stop and not have any connection with the inherent state. Everything is of that. And if we are something in everything, we are of that. If our attention and interest and our awareness, instead of being just attracted by the moths of time, going this way and that way, if you could locate it and simply start here, locate it here, and then maybe it starts getting interested in what's always available at all times, then a large part of your interest and attention won't be moving in the tides of emotions and mental states and physical activities. It will rest in, that, in the ocean of all oceans. And it will override this feeling of coming and going and, oh, I was lost for an hour today. No, you fucking weren't. Oh, I've been out of the moment. No, you have not been. These absurd impossibilities that we entertain, we take them to be so. There's no, no one's even investigating anymore. There's tons of books built on the possibility that you could be out of a moment. Why would there be books about how to get into the moment unless they, there was a belief you could be out of the moment? Prior to that, there was there's no out of any fucking moment. After it, after the fact, that's not a fact, that you can be out of the moment, then there's tons of activity trying to get into the moment, which is actually producing the exact opposite, because you're really out of the moment if you're trying to get into what you can't be out of. You're quote-unquote out of the moment while you're trying to get in it. That's the whammy the mental state always has. That's its bottom ironic joke all the time, and the laugh is on us. You're thinking you're getting out, you're not getting out at all. Never. No way. (laughs) But I look like I'm getting out. Yeah. From where? In? Yes. There you go. It's impossible that you are where you think you were in, so I don't care how much you think it's looking like you're getting out. (laughs) Because you can't be in there. No, I don't like that. I want to have the power to leave this place, and then maybe I'll choose to really want to get in it. Well, you know, that's a, that's a field day for selfie. They'll picture you all the way, and then when you get kicked out of the moment, and then you struggle to get back in, you can write books about it, and you'll get some, some unassuming audiences to buy the crapola. You'll get little. You'll get marks like a sergeant, a spiritual sergeant, and then you get your little bars for I'm a, I'm a spiritual lieutenant. Yes, I've been. I was in the front lines. And I struggled. I struggled with all my demons, and I was in the moment. And you, it was so fucking wonderful to be there. Are you there now? No. Well. <laughs> That, that, can't, that can't be the moment that you were in. If you can be out of it, that ain't it. <laughs> if you can go in, if you can go there, that ain't the there you want to go to. <laughs> the there you want to go to is here. <laughs> but I want to get there to get here. Okay. But if you get <laughs> every there you get, it's going to be here. Why just start here? Every now in the future is going to be now. The future is going to be now. There's no escaping it. There's no escaping the moment, and there's no escaping now. We have this belief of time that's there and then. It's all in now. And every escapade of getting in and out of the moment is in moment. There's no escape. That's the great wisdom, the great wisdom of no escape. Yeah. So you'll stop buying freaking arcane maps of how to get out of places. You know, blessed by 30 different people who never get out of the place. We guarantee you'll get out with this map. Well, if I thought, hey, if you got out, why didn't you take the map with you? <laughs> why is it still here? <laughs> oh. oh, I didn't think that through, did I? Oh, it fell back. 
because of the love and compassion I had for other right, sure, okay. Thank you. Thanks for it. This is the big escape plan. Where are you have where is where you where do you have the escape plan? In the prison, of course. That's part of the fucking prison. Every prison has an escape plan, does it? I know it's boring to think that you're already there. Well, it doesn't seem to be that great. No one's noticing me. <laughs> no one's built a little while I was in here. They didn't, you know, I should be at least five inches above you all. You know? And then as the years go by, it should get higher and higher. You know what I mean? I mean, imperceptibly, and then I'll be on a big, and no one's looking down at you. you know? No one's noticing it at all. It's my roommates, they don't notice a damn thing. <laughs> I keep trying to show them with my, my my wit and my spiritual demeanor, but they're not buying anything. They have no interest in it. They could care less. They're in love with the mental state, some of them. They just keep talking about oh, whatever. No, this is just like all those things, all the well. <laughs> see these people are more realized see they started looking where I was looking you're just <laughs> staring oh, see, John and God was right on there <laughs> it came in the truth he's just looking at the truth oh, I missed it <laughs> how you doing no problem you're in there yeah, yeah. We'll just sit in an uncomfortable pause till you're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to divulge any secrets while you're here. No, no. <laughs> I'm trying to build myself. Oh, good. It's not the same message, you know, it's just an invitation, you know. Invitation. It can be repeated tons of times. It really can. After a while, the, the littlest of trigger will set your mind open. You know, just like when I used to do a lot of qigong. Uh, you know, you get in a position and you make some movements and stuff, and then after a while, you feel an energy start moving through your body. Then over, as the years went by, all you had to do is get into the opening posture, and then you feel the energy moving. And then after a while, you could just have your your mind go in that direction, and you feel the energy. Yes, it's just a matter. You're just becoming acquainted with something that you already are. But the mind here in this game may take some time. So that's what it does. Yeah. So it seems it's like mind approaching mind. Yeah. So if you get familiar with it, if you entertain it, get dropped on you, like get every week a spiritual subpoena, I have a feeling, a strong feeling, that somehow it will get familiar with you. And then it will start bleeding into your life from like the inside out, not putting it, not getting the colors outside and trying to arrange the picture, but finding out what the picture is by just looking, you know, just by seeing. You'll see the fruits of the tree that you can't imagine, yeah? You'll see it in your life. Not just on a physical activity, but on other levels, too. Mental spaces and stuff. You'll start noticing, you know, uh, you just start noticing. And then you're on to something, then it's all, the debate's over, it's like an unspoken yes, and then you just keep, you just keep entertaining it. You're, the, med, the mind, you're not entertaining it, the mind's entertaining all day, that's what it does here. Yeah, we're just gotten. We're just putting another possibility in for it to entertain. And if it has the inclination, there's nothing that can stop it. You know, it'll just start entertaining it. And when it entertains, then things change because it's the it's the precursor of all things. Yeah? Mind precedes everything. Yeah? Mind changes. Everything has the possibility of changing. And the greatest change is nothing has to change at all. That's the greatest, greatest change, you know. Everything could be different, yet it's totally okay, just as it is. Yeah. Yeah, so.
And you don't have to learn any hymnals or anything, speak in tongues, nothing. Just come here. I don't I don't have any surveillance cameras watching how much you donated. Though I wish I did. I like pick out some of the people here, pick them out, get some more high, some more high rollers. I need to do a talk in Tiburon or somewhere, you know. You know. Three hundred dollars private interview. <laughs> I would say you're fucking crazy paying me three hundred dollars. They they would make it. Oh, that was such a wonderful interview. Oh. <laughs> If you put it out for free, a lot of people don't see any value in it. It's so funny. Yeah. If you put a giant, extravagant price on it, they think it has more value than something that was offered for free. What an insane idea. And the thing is, the person that has the opportunity, and that is not a person, but the greatest... uh, Gift-getter is the giver. Yeah. As we say in AA, you have it by giving it away. That's the whole key. Because yeah. when you're giving it away so freely, you realize how freely it's, it's available. Yeah. You can't, you're not losing any energy. It, it grows, it cycles, it circulates. Yeah. yeah. So... Every time Zen Mark comes in, I don't feel like talking anymore. I don't know what it is. I wish he'd come earlier. That's it. Any questions tonight? You always served, weren't you? Yes. What? <laughs> yes. So, as I always typically ask questions, but um, I guess it's the ultimate question is procrastination. And I'm trying to hear, I'm beginning to hear the message. I feel yeah. And I'm trying to interpret procrastination coming from the finger or part way along, or is it like, am I thinking of it too practical an application, too, too specific to? Well, I think, I think you're trying to rush to apply it. Yeah, I wouldn't do any applying of it. Yeah? Let it, let it seek out what it wants to be applied to. You know what I mean? Yeah. In AA, we have a good way of life. Yeah. To me, which is the key to unburden yourself while you think you're engaged with all these demands and stuff is surrender. Yeah. It's much better than knowledge, let's say, in a sense. It's much more pragmatic. So, you give up the idea of being the owner of the store. I used to tell this story when I used to do the fourth-step workshops where the guy, you know, when they talk about an inventory and recovery, they use an example of a business taking an inventory and finding what's not valuable and get being willing to get rid of it, Yeah. So to try to paint a picture of that idea to people, I would break. I used to tell a story about a guy who owned a clothes store, and uh, he was doing really good in a good mall, and he had kept it really clean, and the windows were clean, and you know everything was stacked well. And then he thought that elephant bells were going to make a big comeback. So you know, remember elephant bells in the '60s, '70s? Yeah. My friend had a store, and he had elephant bells. That's why I use it. So let's they're huge bell bottoms, but they were elephant bell bottoms. So you wouldn't be able to see the person's shoe underneath the bell bottom. Maybe a giant thing like this would be covering half the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah, like a parachute thing. They call them elephant bells. And they, were, they had a short-lived fan, you know? But this person buys a thousand pair of them, thinking the short-lived fan's going to live a lot longer. So what happens is, uh, sales go down, yeah? And so he's going home every night and talking with his girlfriend, and she, he doesn't want to tell her how bad the store's doing because it, it feels like it's a threat to the relationship. So he's clamming up and not sharing about what's going on. Every time the phone rings, it's a, it's a creditor. Yeah? 
He owes money because he's not making anything. People are coming in and stealing stuff, not the elephant bells, but other stuff, and he won't even chase them. And he's not, uh, he's not vacuuming the rug and the windows getting dirty because he's losing his identity with being the store owner and the store's not doing well, he's not doing well. So one day a guy comes into the store and says, hey, I'd like to buy the store from you. And of course he's ex- incredibly happy. Yeah, where do I sign? So he signs the store over to the guy and he's getting ready to leave, but the guy says, no, 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 no. It's going to look just like it's, it looks all the time, but you don't own the place anymore. Uh, he says, all right, so that night, so then he's standing there and the phone rings, he picks it up on the first ring and the creditor says, is this the owner? And he says, no, he hands it to the new guy, the new guy. He goes home that night and tells, tells his girlfriend everything because the onus of being the owner has been removed. He's still in the store, he's still working in the store, it looks exactly like it did, but one thing shifted, his sense of ownership. That's what surrender is. Surrender is that false ownership of thinking it's up to you to do all this shit, yes? And why you shouldn't, and why and what it makes you if you don't do all this shit. That stuff is all rooted in self-reliance. Yeah? So in surrender, we turn over the store. It doesn't mean we may, we may stay at the store, we're going to be at the store, but we don't own the store, and that takes a huge amount of pressure off you. I know it because I did it. It happened to me in recovery. When I came in, I had had a sense of what the third step of recovery means, which is to turn your will and your life over to the care of a higher power, because I had spent two years in a drug and alcohol program, which they took care of me, and my life looked better with them running it than it ever did with me running it. So I knew I wasn't managerial quality in a really deep sense felt way. So when I got introduced to the third step, it was familiar to me. Yeah? So I went for it. And the, and the pressure, most of the pressure that was removed and the relief came from the dropping of being the owner. And all the, all the way down the road, giving up the ownership of thoughts, huge relief. Giving up the ownership of feelings, huge relief. Giving up the ownership of actions is huge relief. Yeah? So you know the solution by the diminishing of the problem. The solution is ever, ever available, but it's being clouded over or distorted by our allegiance to the problem. So when you get relief from the problem, when the problem diminishes, that's the solution. You see, oh, that's why I was so heavied out. It wasn't because of them or that happened. I was running the show. It's all rooted there in the act- in the manifested manifested world. That's why surrenders like a great master, Ramana Maharshi, who spoke about the two he he sat in silence for years and then no one seemed to be getting it, so he started talking. And so the first thing he presented was self inquiry, which was asking the subjectivity, this like the subjectiveness, not subjectivity, the idea of who is it? Who am I? Yeah? And then he said, and if, if, you have, if you're too concerned about what you do and haven't done, then surrender is the better way to go for that type of mind, which is mostly the alcoholic mind. They fit in perfect to surrender. And he said, surrender to this power that greater to you and realize thy will be done. Yeah, that's, that was the whole point. And what happens is, when it actually actualized in my life, I felt a huge relief because that was the burden. Yeah? When you hit the target, you'll know it. Yeah? Just like if I had a, a big rash and I didn't know what it was, so I buy like eight you know, ointment things and I try one on and it doesn't do it. So I read what was it for and I go, well, out of negation, I go, well, I don't have psoriasis. This says it's for psoriasis. And then the one that gets relief and then the rash goes away, I read for what it is and it tells me. And I go, oh, that's why. That's exactly what it's like. So you may not believe it, or you may believe it, but if you entertain it, you'll know it by its fruit. Yeah? You'll see you're on to it, because you're going to feel relieved. You're going to travel lighter. Yeah? With absolutely no thought or effort on your part, the mind is going to shift out of one modality, and it's going to take the flavor of another one, and that impression is going to seek expression, and it'll express as you in this life. As do you, you're not, and you'll travel later. Yeah? There's no end to it. It's a principle. There's no end. 
You can entertain endlessly and there will be availability. It's not going anywhere. It's not provoked by anything, nor does it go away by anything. It's just that we're busy entertaining so much shit. Yeah? And the, what a lot of the stuff we're entertaining says, all it says, you can never be okay, but you, you, can, you will be okay, or you were once okay. All the entertaining and all the possibilities from self-centeredness are drenched in time. And the solution is of a timeless quality. It's not brought about by thought or effort. It's not brought about by going to a certain location. It's brought about the relinquishment of the reality of this place, and then timelessness drops in. And then you know, and it didn't take any time to know. You know beyond knowing. And there wasn't enough time in this whole life to know what you know prior to knowing. To know what you know prior to knowing does cannot take time. You can spend 80 years studying. That, that one timeless drop of information will outdo all that knowledge in one nanosecond. It's a different ball game, totally different. And you're the interface with it. You're interfacing in time, and you're interfacing with timelessness. It's just that we're not looking that way. We're always projecting out. Yeah? We're looking for what seems to be in outside. That's why we can't find it. And after a while you realize the thing that's looking has no intention of finding anything. It just want to keep looking. Because while it's looking, it's me looking, looking, looking. It has no, it does no intention at all to find. Because it knows exactly where it is, right where it's appearing to be. That it knows exactly what's so. What's not so knows its inherent nature. It's not so. That's why it's so fucking scared. It's afraid it's going to be found out at any minute, so it's constantly throwing your interest and attention into yesterday and tomorrow. You know? It's hiding you from now. So, oh, I can't really be here because I've got to, do, I've got to build a life. Yeah, there you go. It's going to run 8,000 million of those advertisements. You'll have time to rest when all's done. Nothing, it's never going to be fucking done. <laughs> it's never, you're never going to get a rest. You're going to be seeking, 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 seeking. Because that's the end in itself, is the seeking. It has no desire to find it. Call it what it is. It ain't. Discover it. You're taking cues from a fucking failed system. It's just sending you around the corner for a half an hour, every half an hour. <laughs> just sending you around. So you gotta do the, you gotta <laughs> Jesus. It's slavery. It's freaking slavery, man. It's exhausting. See, it's when it really the exhausting hits is when you stop. If you keep on keeping on, it will seem normal. But when you fucking put your foot down and stop, you'll be exhausted by all the huffing and puffing that's been going on. All, and all the huffing and puffing is what produces the imaginary houses. You're not blowing any fucking real thing now. So puffing and puffing. To make sense of all your... You've got to build a house. Yeah. Oh, there's a house. No, all you're seeking is just like that. So then you go, okay, I'll still hear it. Oh, now I, now I know why I'm seeking. No, it's just a freaking story. The seeking would go on if there was... It's going on and there's nothing there to find. Yes, yes. This is it. That's two questions. Way too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious if, if, if we go around in circles and circles, and that's basically, you know, huffing and puffing, we find ourselves in stopping and going, okay, we're not huffing and puffing. What would be a tool to help keep preventing from getting back into that huffing and puffing state? Well, realize it was never you huffing and puffing to believe to begin with. It's only huffing and puffing. The huffing and puffing is being used to point to a, a mythical person that's doing the huffing and puffing. That's all. It's just huffing and puffing. And if you entertain that it's not about you, you'll lose interest in it. The you is what gives it all the glue and all the juiciness. It has nothing to do with the production. The production sucks. It's the audience that's making it seem great. 
because we think it's about us. Yeah? If it wasn't your life that you're constantly going over, you'd be bored stiff with it if you saw it as another person. <laughs> Literally. You would have given up some of the concerns that you've gone over for hundreds you know, hours about you if it was another person. <laughs> you would. You would just say, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but as long as it's you, it keeps that fuck, it stokes that furnace, you know? Oh, I can't. Someday it's going to turn. Hey, I'm getting older. You know, I'm not going to meet that junior high school girl anymore. Unless, uh, you know, and if I do now, I'll be up on charges you know, a couple hours later when they find out it was Grandpa Paul. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> don't you feel like, I don't know, maybe it's with you and I, but as I'm getting older in a sense, you start getting weaned off the experiential realm a little bit, and you start moving more into other states. Yeah, it's almost like a simple, like to me, the greatest spiritual uh, journey is old age. Here, you know, it's built in. You know, a lot of the fires about things chill out, and then you just sort of get, you get sort of, you know, you just get absorbed in some other uh, non-segmented. Like eventless place, so let's say. You know, it just feels like it. More and more, the experiences don't really matter as much. You want to have a modicum of relaxed comfort and relaxation. I don't want to be, you know, up against a firing squad every every five minutes. But basically, if you have a certain level of your needs are somewhat met, you just basically can space in. You know, you're just gone in a lot of ways because you're not all the things that would grab your attention aren't grabbing your attention. You've had like seven fairy princesses. You know what I mean? You've had money, you've lost money, you've had this, you've lost everything. You've been through a lot of the, you've gotten a lot of the the awards with the little game at the amusement park. You know what I mean? You've got tons of stuffed toys and everything. It's like, oh, it's not over, you know. <laughs> it's like when you think it means something, it gets you interested, but when you realize, it, really, what does it mean? When it's all said and done, it's like almost nothing ever happened, really. You know? I mean, so why get so worked up? You know? And then the thing is, you're going to get worked up, but take the back doorway, which is you're not that which gets worked up, see? This isn't about never getting worked up. It's just by re- it's about realizing you never got worked up. It doesn't dismiss getting worked up. Sometimes that's the appropriate reaction here, getting worked up. But it's the you, yeah? That little juicy nugget. Yeah, that's what we're looking at. Yeah. All right. That's it. What's happening? Any announcements for the cult? 